Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'sCatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Thursday, March 3rd. Coming up, a long-awaited audit of Clay County has revealed a history of big spending and secrecy. Plus, some Jackson County students can't afford the period products they need, and that might keep them from going to school. That can be an issue where other students are, you know, in the classroom learning, and, you know, they could be potentially missing multiple days a month, even every year. We'll have more from the people addressing menstrual inequity in local schools. But first, some headlines. Four residents of Lawrence have filed a lawsuit in Douglas County over a controversial plan to redraw congressional districts in Kansas. The plan puts Lawrence in a mostly conservative and rural district and splits the Democratic Wyandotte County into two majority Republican districts. Mark Johnson is an attorney representing the Lawrence residents. He says the new congressional map dilutes the votes of Douglas County, a Democratic stronghold. Because it's so heavily Republican, those votes disappear. This is the third lawsuit over the redistricting plan. Two others have been filed in Wyandotte County. Republican lawmakers in Kansas said the plan helps keep the population of each congressional district equal. Democratic Governor Laura Kelly vetoed the plan earlier this year, but the majority Republican legislature overturned it. Missouri has a goal for how many state contracts go to minority-owned businesses, but it's only met that goal four times in the last 30 years. KCUR's Luke Martin explains. Every year, Missouri is supposed to make a feasible effort to spend 10 percent of its money with minority-owned businesses. Last year, that rate was 8.2 percent. According to the law that mandates those expenditures, the state must review its records every five years for compliance. The last time that review took place was eight years ago. The review found extensive evidence that discrimination on the base of race and gender continues to operate in Missouri's markets. In 2018, a group of concerned residents of Clay County asked Missouri Auditor Nicole Galloway to look into the county government. And after years of back and forth, the results of that audit were released yesterday. The report found evidence of excessive spending and hiding important decisions from the public. Steve Vakrat is the investigative editor of NPR's Midwest Newsroom, based here at KCUR, and he covered that story for us. So what did the auditor find? The auditor found all kinds of things. What she really zeroed in on, what I would say are two broad topics, waste of county resources and the pattern and practice by the previous commission of doing a lot of the county's business in the dark, away from public scrutiny. So for example, there was a annex project that they tried to do that nobody, well, a lot of people didn't really understand why they were doing it. The auditor found there was very little documentation about the decisions that they made to pursue it, and that about close to $3 million got spent to do this project that has since been suspended because the current commission doesn't see any purpose for it. The other thing was 
using contracts to do ordinary county services. You know, instead of using their own in-house staff lawyer, they spent about $3 million on law firms, private law firms, over the course of three years or so to do ordinary county business. So spending money on stuff like that, uh, wasting money, those were the main things that this audit describes. So what do those findings say about Clay County? Well, it says two things. Clay County's had a long history of political backbiting, but I think it's fair to say that the last commission, the four years that they were in place, that atmosphere kind of translated into a lot of questionable decisions. The two commissioners that this audit focuses on, Luann Ridgway and Gene Owen, decided not to run for re-election in 2020. They've been replaced by two commissioners, Megan Thompson and John Carpenter. And by most accounts, county government is functioning a lot more smoothly. And you know, Megan Thompson at the meeting, I would say, lashed out at the previous commission, uh, was unsparing in her criticism of what this previous commission had done. So the results of this audit should make our previous commissioners and their overpaid cronies ashamed. These politicians were busy using our tax dollars when our community was in crisis. We had people out of jobs, and then we had our schools closed down. And then when we stood up, and called them out on their corruption, they hid behind closed doors. It's worth pointing out that Jerry Nolte, he's the presiding commissioner. Um, he served with Ridgway and Owen, and he was constantly outvoted on most substantive issues. One of the things that he said at this meeting yesterday is that it is now a new day for Clay County. So this audit had a long road to being conducted and released. What is the story behind that? So the audit got started in 2018 because a lot of residents were fed up with what was going on in county government. They suspected that there was uh, waste and corruption and all manner of problems that they didn't think they could get to the bottom of. So they petitioned the auditor to get involved. The auditor started her work in 2018. And throughout that process, while the former commission was in place, they went to court to fight it on almost every juncture. They didn't want to make employees available for interviews and depositions. They didn't want to provide documents. You know, it was a lot of your classic legal stalling tactics that really dragged this thing out. And that was one of the things that Auditor Galloway was very critical of when she gave her presentation yesterday. So why should Clay County residents care about this audit? And what should people in the broader metro take away from it? So a couple of things. If you're a Clay County resident, this audit gives you a roadmap, I would say, in addition to a lot of previous news reporting that examined what the Clay County Commission was doing for several years. It kind of gives you a roadmap for understanding what happens when government goes off the rails. And I think that's a takeaway for the broader public in the Kansas City region, even if you don't live in Clay County. It's worth your time to pay attention to what your elected officials are doing. Because when you don't, and when they're able to do work in the dark, it gets a lot harder to you know, get basic city services done, or county services, or to just really know what's going on in your community. How has the political landscape changed during the years that it took to conduct this audit? So during the years that the audit was being fought by the former commission, it was an acrimonious time. It was really a tumultuous time, even by Clay County standards, which, as I said earlier, has had a history of sort of dysfunction at a county government level. You know, the, 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 the sheriff even sued the Clay County Commission over 
budget cuts that they thought were retaliatory, you know, for political payback, things like that were going on. And now two things have happened. You have a new commission that by most accounts seems to have its act together. And voters in 2020 also approved a new Clay County constitution, which is going to dramatically reshape just the fundamental structure of government in Clay County. You're going to have an expanded county commission. You're going to have more commissioners, more than just three. Some of these other elected officials' positions are going to go away. They're going to be appointed professional staff. So you're not going to elect your recorder of deeds anymore in Clay County. You're not going to elect your clerk. Those are going to become professional positions. And that is more reflective of a county government in the setting of a larger city. What it existed before and what exists now is more reminiscent of a rural, smaller government. Clay County is probably outgrown that, and voters seem to have agreed. That was Steve Fockrott of the Midwest Newsroom. So-called period poverty often impacts people in developing nations, but a recent survey found it's happening right here. The Jackson County Health Department found that some students in the Kansas City area can't afford to purchase menstrual products and may be missing school because of their periods. KCUR's Jody Fortino reports on how schools, nurses, and organizations are trying to give students the supplies and confidence that they need. Becca Litton is a school nurse at Richardson Elementary School. Inside the school's health room, she's organized a cabinet of everything that a student may need when they're on their period. We have some pads and some tampons and some extra underwear in case we have any kind of accident. That's also where she keeps an array of unassuming pencil pouches. She says that's so students can take what they need with them and then go on with their day. Most of the time I don't ask questions. Most of the time I just hand it to them because I don't want to embarrass them. I don't want them to feel like they can't come to me. Since the school year began in August, the district has had more than a thousand visits to its health rooms for students requesting feminine products. Terry Hansen, the district's health services coordinator, says some students come in just because they left their own supplies at home. Others just can't afford them. We'll have some that will come in and say, I don't have any for tonight. And so we send them home with some supplies to get them through the night till the next day and kind of go from there. The Jackson County Health Department recently surveyed 65 employees across eight school districts in eastern Jackson County on access to period products in their schools. According to the survey, 40 percent of respondents were aware of students who were unable to purchase the menstrual products that they need. While the survey found that most schools provide an adequate supply of period products, 67% of staff said they were still aware of students missing school because of their period. Mary Anna Hangler is one of the health department's program and policy specialists. If a student doesn't have the products they need um, and they can't come to school, then that can be an issue where other students are, you know, in the classroom learning and, you know, they could be potentially missing multiple days a month, even every year. The survey followed the introduction of a bill in the Missouri legislature by Democratic State Representative Martha Stevens of Columbia, requiring school districts to provide period products for free in school restrooms. Similar bills have failed in recent years. Hankler says that it's important that supplies are in school restrooms, not only to meet students' immediate needs, but because of the shame and stigma that surround periods. For whatever reason, if they, if they don't have the products on them, having to go tell somebody that they need a product, unfortunately, is just can be embarrassing, um, you know, can be anxiety-causing for a student. And Siebert Coleman is an associate professor of behavioral science and health education at St. Louis University and a co-author of a study that found that some St. Louis County students are also missing school because they can't afford period products. 
But she says that's not the only reason students are missing school. And there needs to be more education about handling menstrual issues like cramps, pain, and hygiene. Just managing personal hygiene during menstruation so that you can continue with your activities of daily living and continue um, and participating in everyday activities of life, including um, going to school. Siebert Coleman says there's also a need to expand what's considered a basic need to include period products. The Kansas City area nonprofit Giving the Basics is trying to do just that. The organization provides menstrual products to nearly 30 local school districts every month, along with other hygiene necessities. Teresa Hamilton, the organization's president, says that while state legislature figures out how and if they'll pass any period product policies, her organization will continue giving students supplies and emotional support. You can build a lot of good buildings, beautiful buildings. You can have a curriculum that you think is like, boss Betty, this is so cool. But you cannot help a child learn if they come to school without that human dignity. Meanwhile, Lee Summit School District is paying for its period products out of its own budget, with some school nurses even picking up supplies from the store if they need them. While they could provide period products in their restrooms, school health officials say their students are building connections with their nurses and that the health room can be a safety net for kids. School nurse Litton says she feels that connection when she's able to help her students. I see confidence as they walk out and then I see them in the hallway and they wave at me and they just feel like, hey, you know, like, we're cool. Like, I know I can go to Mrs. Litton or Mrs. Casey and get what I need. And it's just kind of like everything feels a little bit better. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Jody Fortino. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and Trevor Grandin and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Steve's story on the audit of Clay County and Jody's story on menstrual products in schools, visit kcur.org, where you can also hear a live stream of Kansas City's NPR station. Tomorrow, we'll hear about a star Paralympic athlete from Kansas. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.